The following sermon is by Andy Lake, the senior pastor of Liberty Bible Church. This program, Grow in Liberty, is the preaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church in Vienna, Ohio. Liberty Bible Church places a priority on the Word of God over all else and has a desire to share truth with believers and non-believers alike. Our prayer is that as people tune in, they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Join us as we grow together through the Word of God. The children are not going to be dismissed this morning because we're going to stay together as a family and we're going to worship together. So if you'd open your Bibles, uh, the bulk of this morning is going to be drawn from Luke chapter 2, but I'd like you to go to Matthew chapter 1 for the beginning uh, of our uh, time together. Matthew chapter 1, and have you ever sat around and wondered, what if? I'm a what-ifer. I like to what-if things, and that's a problem, to be honest with you, because sometimes I what-if myself out of doing something. I think about it long enough, and I'll come up with reasons not to do something. Well, what if this happens, or what if that takes place? And uh, so I've got to be very careful about it. But have you ever wondered those what-ifs in your life? For example, I've I've thought about my life and how the direction that mine went. I was raised in a Christian home. I was uh, I was going to church all the time. I was doing the uh, the right things as a, as a kid and as a teenager, going into a youth group and and doing all these things. But then I I started pursuing. Uh, my sport, and I wanted to pursue that with as much vim and vigor as I possibly could. And what happened is very quickly the ice had become my God, and I let it replace the one true God in my heart. And as I pursued that, my life started a tailspin uh, and a downward spile and making its way to a, a, a crash that was like a sonic boom that could be heard around the world almost. And, and, and I've always wondered in the back of my mind, there, there are times where I have to ask myself, what if I never started skating? Would I have veered the way that I had? Okay, well, maybe I did start skating, but what if I never left West Virginia and I never left home and so my parents were able to, you know, keep a closer tab on me and I wouldn't have become the, uh, the refuse, and the degenerate that I had become? Well, what if I never started uh, working around certain types of people? Or what if I'd never gotten involved in different, uh, uh, different things? What if I'd never relocated to northern Kentucky? What if, I, what if I had never? And so what happens is you start to what if yourself, but then you forget uh, that keeping in mind the choices that I had made and the life that I led was not necessarily good. Um, when I left my home, I became a drunkard and a lowlife. When, um, uh, when I experienced injuries that, that tanked me even further down into this uh, lifestyle. However, it did get me to the place where I met my wife. So we can look at those things and go, well, the outcome was different. Had I never relocated, I never would have met her. Also, 
I don't know that had I ever, had I never hit rock bottom, maybe I never would have started truly looking up. If I had never hit the bottom the way that I had and I had nothing left in my life, perhaps I never would have started to trust God the way that, uh, uh, that I do today. So I could actually say that skating led me to a life of self-centered rebellion. However, I am a living proof, living example of what Romans 8.28 says when it says that God uh, can use all things for good. All things Were my decisions good? No. But God was working behind the scenes to bring it about to a better good. And it's amazing to me that the God who created the universe, he is so powerful, he's able to look down at our stupidity and say, yeah, I can use that too. I can use that. So I did kind of want to look at a what if though today. And I wanted to look at a what if that maybe sometimes we don't really focus in on, and here's the what if, what if Jesus had not come? What if Jesus had never come? Well, let's, let's take a look here in Matthew chapter number one. Look at verse 18 with me. So now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Father, blessed we pray the reading of your word. Bless it to our hearts. And Father, may we commit even now to obeying whatever your word shows to us this morning about us. We pray these things for your son's sake, for his glory. Amen. Looking at what we have before us here, I'd like to look at this, and we're going to just spend a brief amount of time uh, in this, but I wanted to look at just several things. There are many different issues that could have come, and I want to boil it down to three major issues that I find uh, if Jesus had never been born. Uh, so these, these three different things that we're going to look at this morning is if Jesus had never been born, we would not know God to be a man of his word. Second, if Jesus had never been born, we would not know the gracious, loving character of our God. And third, if Jesus had never been born, we would be without hope and still in our sins. First point being, God's honesty and integrity would come into question. Uh, If you were able to go back to the book of Numbers, chapter 23, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should repent. We we believe that God is a man of his word. The word of God uh, reveals this, brings it out to us. If God says he's going to do something, he does it. He always follows through with his word. He always follows through with his promise. Now, if you remember If you go back in time with me in the scriptures, you go back to the book of Genesis, you'll find the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant was a promise that was given uh, to Abraham that through his offspring, the world would be blessed. If you want to take a look at the book of Galatians with me, Galatians chapter 3. 
Look at Galatians chapter 3. Paul talking about this very thing takes us back to the covenant that was uh, uh, given unto Abraham. Looking at Galatians 3 verse 15, it says this, Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuleth or addeth thereunto. Now notice this. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. The promise that was given to Abraham by God himself is your one seed. There's going to be one. Now, now he does say that in the through you, all the nations will be blessed. Through you, the world will be blessed. And he does talk in, in, in part and partial uh, of the people of Israel, but this promise right here was not about the people of Israel. It was about the coming Messiah. Had Jesus never come, God would not be a man of his word. You can't set it up like that and not follow through. Some other things with this, if you, if you were to look uh, through this line, you also find the Davidic covenant that is found in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 7, verses 8 through 17. And, and the Davidic covenant was that it was going to come through his line. And God made a promise to David that through his line, the Messiah would come. But don't forget the prophecies from Isaiah, Micah, and so forth and so on, all pointing to the one that would come. Brother Dave read from two of those this morning, from the book of Isaiah, where there's going to be a virgin to conceive. If that didn't happen, God is a liar. But not only that, he says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. If that didn't happen, God would be a liar. You see, here's what we need to understand. Even Daniel's uh, prophecy about the Son of Man coming, God coming as the Son of Man, even that requires God to be born. The God-man must come into being or he's a liar. But God's honesty and integrity is not in question, my friends. Praise God, he never lies. Praise God, he's always true. Praise God, he always delivers. Our hope is founded in this. Titus 1-2 even tells us that our hope of eternal life is, in, is found in a God that cannot lie. That's hope. And when he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, that's hope. If God can lie, you can't believe that one either, my friend. God doesn't lie. What he promises, he does. If Jesus had never been born, God's character would be in question. His his honesty, his integrity would be in question. Second, Not only that, but God's character could not have been known to mankind. Mankind wouldn't have known anything about God. If you were to go into the book of John, John chapter 1 says this, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Now, if you think about that for just a minute, and we wonder to ourselves, what in the world, why are we saying the Word? Well, this word that is translated word is actually the uh, the uh, understanding of a thought the understanding or the complete revelation 
This is what we're talking about when we refer to Jesus being the word of God. What, it, what we're trying to say is that whatever you need to know about God, whatever you need to understand about God is seen in Jesus Christ. Completely seen. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And what we need to understand is if you want to know about God, you need to look to Jesus. If you want to know what kind of man God is, look to Jesus. If you want to know about his graces, is he merciful, is he loving, look to Jesus. I don't have time. I don't have patience for people who say, well, the God of the Old Testament was this way, but the God of the New Testament is a different way. No, it's the same God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God we worship today, and his son, Jesus Christ, is the perfect revelation, is the perfect example, the epitome of everything that we can understand about him. When we think of the majesty and the awesomeness of our God, sometimes, sadly, our mind conjures up this divine awfulness. We think of God being on the throne. And he's looking to kill us all, to wipe us out. It's kind of like the cosmic spanking. It's on its way. Thank God Jesus came and prevented that, right? That's kind of what a lot of people have going through their mind. Oh, God is fierce. It's a good thing Jesus came. Jesus is God. The whole reason God the Father sent God the Son was because he loved us. Now, pause for station identification. If any of you have children, you'll understand this. You'll have to love someone an awful lot to send your child to die for them. As much as I love you all, I ain't sending my kids to die for you because I love you. But let's just be honest. I love them more. Think about that for a minute. God the Father is not some authoritarian cosmic punisher. He's sovereignly merciful and gracious, and he wants you to know him. So he sent his son, the second person of the Trinity, wrapped as a babe in swaddling clothes. That's love. Now, here's the amazing thing. Many people say, well, it wasn't very loving for, for, between God the Father and God the Son. I mean, that's pretty, pretty raw. I mean, to send his kid like that. Hey, Jesus chose. If you go back to Genesis chapter number one, it informs us of this. God, God says, and the, the wording for God is Elohim, which is a plural. And God said, let us. They decided together, the three of them, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, chose, made a decision together in unity, for God is one. The three of them are always united, always in sync with one another. And they decided, let us. 
make man in our image, knowing that man was going to fall and knowing that Jesus was going to have to come. They knew it. God the Father didn't say, this is the plan I want to do, and he had to talk God the Son into it. (laughs) No. God is God. And they're always in sync. Always in unity with one another. God being revealed in his son. If God was only revealed in as the almighty one, it would be difficult for us to see anything but justice. And let's just be honest for a minute. Justice, if you and I received justice just for this week, I'm not talking about for our life. Just for this week. Any of you decide to go out and drive yesterday? Yeah, I was one of those idiots on the road. Yeah, some of you are like, well, I had to. Well, I didn't, so I guess that makes me dumb and will pity you. But I went out. And I don't know about you, but when you're driving down a white road and some moron comes blaring past you, I don't care what you're driving. I've driven Zambonis, all right? I know how to fish tell those things, but when the ice kicks in, that four-wheel drive ain't going to do nothing but make you spin faster. And when these idiots come blaring past you about 100 miles an hour and just honking the horn and get it, mm, it takes an extra portion of the Holy Spirit of God because, boy, how do you just want to just lean on that gas just a little bit Let's see if someone comes this way. See how happy, but, you know, then the Holy Spirit kicks in and says, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't make them die, right? Pretty sad. You got to be reminded not to let someone die. <laughs> but that's out of damn nature, isn't it? Oh, come on. You all do the same kind of stuff. People are looking at you. They're going, what kind of pastor we got here? the last Christmas gift we're giving him. He's trying to kill people on the road. I'm not. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit kicked in. But justice, just for thinking it, would demand retribution. You wanted to do it. Jesus said it this way, if you looked upon a woman with lust in your heart, it's the same as committing adultery. If you hate your brother without fault, without cause, it's the same as committing murder. If I thought about the road rage but didn't actually follow through with it, it's the same as having road rage, right? The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, though. If if you were to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says that he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, these people that try to separate and say, well, well, Jesus is not actually God. I'm sorry, my friend, but the son that was given and the child that was born is called the mighty God, the everlasting father. You can't separate them. They're inseparable. God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. Not a new one. Not a different one. Third, if Jesus had not come, 
mankind would be hopeless. Hopeless. You see, Jesus' mission, we just read it from the book of Matthew, that his name was going to be Jesus. You know, Jesus is just the other form of Joshua. Joshua, or Yeshua in the Hebrew, which simply means this, Savior, Savior. That's why he came. If he had not come, you would have no Savior. If he had not come, (laughs) you would be hopeless, completely and utterly hopeless. Jesus came for this purpose. He did not come simply to be remembered as a baby lying in a manger. I want you to understand something. He was born to die. That's why he came. Matter of fact, we talk about it, especially coming uh, when you get around uh, uh, Easter time, you, you, you see where Jesus was praying in the garden. He says, not my will, but thine be done. I, I've seen many commentaries that try to tell us that what Jesus was asking was, is there any other way? I don't want to go to the cross. But no, my friend, he had said elsewhere, he said, no, the purpose that I came was for the cross. He would have never come to begin with. I believe with all my heart when he was there in Gethsemane and he was praying, and it said that he was praying with such fervor and such passion that it was like drops of blood was coming through his sweat. Do you understand how much agony he must have been? And I believe at that moment he was near death and he was saying, wait a minute, I came for the cross. I'm not going to die here, but if this is what you want, I'm okay with it. But I came for the cross. He wasn't asking to get out of it. He was saying, spare me. I can't die here. I've got to make it there. That's why he came. That's why he came. Jesus said it this way, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. (laughs) Without Jesus being born, without him living the life that you should have lived and dying the death that you should have died, you could not be reconciled back to God. You know, if you look at Ephesians with me, Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to notice something in Ephesians chapter 2, which explains exactly this point here. Notice verse number 11 from the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember... That ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off and made nigh are made nigh by the blood of Christ. If it were not for Christ coming, you would still be people with no hope, aliens separated from God. Without him, 
You know, we sing at times songs, especially at this time of the year, the first Noel, right? And maybe you've wondered or perhaps you've just kind of assumed what Noel means. The word Noel is from the French nol, which was from the Latin natalis. This is a word that was given to uh, people as a shout, as an exclamation of joy, and typically the type of joy that only a mother would have at the birth of a new one. A shout. An exclamation of joy. There's really no specific translation. The closest that you could come is born. Born, but it was an exclamation. It was a shout. You see, here's the thing. When you realize what God did in sending his son, when the reality of the love of God to send his one and only son hits your heart, when you fully understand the son that was born to suffer and die for all humanity, what else can be said but Noel? Hallelujah! That's, that's the only thing that can be uttered. What can be said? It's for this that we shout and proclaim, praise be to God. Listen to Noel. Of incarnate love divine Star and angels gave their sight Bow to babe on bended knee The Savior of humanity To us a child is born He shall reign forevermore No
Performances being done. But the most amazing performance, <laughs> the most amazing Noel, you find right here in Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. <laughs> no well. Nothing else could be said. This praise rang out before some humble shepherds. We don't know their names and we would know nothing about them except it tells us. And there were in that same country shepherds. Wow. To be given that first Noel. To be given that first Opportunity to hear praise. What a glorious praise that rang out. And what did they do? They said, come, let's go see. And then they proclaimed it. It says in verse 15, it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us go even now into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. What's your Noel? How do you shout Noel? This is a question that I've asked myself many times. It ought to be in the life that we live. As a result of seeing, as a result of the experience that they had, they met the Christ. They could do nothing but go proclaim it. Some simply use words, but those of us who truly 
truly have experienced Christ will shout and live a life of hallelujahs. Let me ask you two things this Christmas morning. One, have you understood why Jesus came in the first place? My friend, he did not come to simply remain a child in a manger that we pull out of our attic every 12 months and we set him on the coffee table. He did not come to remain this. Do you realize the power, the majesty, and the divine love that was shown that day? Have you realized it? Have you understood? And the second, have you accepted this gift? Have you responded to this gift of God? The Bible tells us that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's one thing to know about him. It's one thing even to believe that Jesus can save. It's another thing altogether to believe in him to save. To trust him as Lord and Savior. Have you cried out to him? I pray that this year, Christmas would not come and go just with uh, some sentiment. Pass the ham. (laughs) Mom, did you remember the cranberries? Who got mom a gift this year? Let's not let it go by that way. Let's remember that Christ was born to save you from your sins. To change you. To make you new. And if you really want to say thank you, take it to others. Live a life shouting Noel. Father, We come before you asking, Lord, that you would speak to hearts this morning. Father, when we remember what it is that you truly did for us and we understand, we can do nothing but offer to you our life. Father, I'm asking on behalf of those present with us this morning that this Christmas would not just simply be a Christmas where we just open presents and where we just go about the busyness of family time. But this year, we would give a gift of ourselves to you as well. Not allowing ourselves to be commercialized like the rest of this world. Father, that you would work in our hearts to affect in us a desire to live a life crying out to you and revealing you to others. We ask these things believing with our hearts because you promised to change us and to make us 
new. And so, Father, we ask these things for your son's sake and for his glory. Amen. You have been listening to Andy Lake, Bible teacher with Grow in Liberty and pastor of Liberty Bible Church. We pray that you were challenged today and encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. If you were motivated in some way to grow in your walk with Christ, please drop us a line and reference the title of today's message. You can access us online at growinliberty.org. Email us at together at growinliberty.org or send us a letter to Liberty Bible Church, 2111 Sodom Hutchings Road, Vienna, Ohio, 44473. If you would like to support Grow in Liberty financially, you may also do that at growinliberty.org. Thank you so much for joining us today.